worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Rivalry week continues here on HBC. Kenny and JT with you getting ready for the big game on Saturday. Between McKinley and Maslin, 2 o'clock kickoff, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. You can listen to it live right here on HBC and Mix 94.1. You can also watch live on our WHBC YouTube channel or go back after the game on demand and watch it then. And uh, as of late, it's been uh, one-sided as Maslin has won seven in a row. A lot of times it comes down to quarterback play, and we'll see uh, this year if it's the one Owens that gets the job done for the Tigers or can Keaton Rohde get it done for the McKinley Bulldogs. Earlier in the week we talked with a guy that won the last game in this series for McKinley. He's now playing defensive end for the Chicago Bears, Dominique Robinson. Let's talk to a Maslin quarterback who I think was undefeated uh, in his three tries against the McKinley Bulldogs. We bring in Justin Zwick on the hotline right now. How are you, Justin? You. I'm good, guys. How you doing? It's been a while. It, it has, my friend. Things well with you? Things are great. Uh, you know, this three, three and a half year old and one and a half year old little girls down here keep me busy. So, you know, uh, life is good, and you know, football season is always the best. I can't believe it's the end of the year already for these high school kids with this big rivalry game on Saturday, though. Man, it's nuts how how time flies. Obviously, family notwithstanding. What have you been up to, man? Where you been, Q? Hey, I've just been here down in Columbus. Uh, living the dream, really. Summertime is golf season for me, so I, uh, you know, just been doing a lot of that, uh, trying to work a little bit here and there, but just uh, enjoying the life, and uh, you know, things have been good. I love the fact that when you guys were in high school, and we have the utmost respect for anybody who played on either side of this game, whether you're a McKinley guy like I am or a Maslin guy like you are. The one thing we know is that we respect our opponent, and nobody does it better than these two fine schools, but. I, I can never get past this, and we talk about it at the gym all the time. You're in high school. They let you call your own plays? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How crazy does that sound? I'll tell you what's uh, crazy. Yeah. I'll tell you what's crazy. Devin Jordan had 101 receptions your senior <laughs> year? Hey, yeah, and that was me calling the plays. So, you know, I liked Devin a lot. He was uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's unreal. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just spent so much time with, with the coaching staff back then. Uh, you know, Shep, of course, was uh, like a second dad to me, and I kind of spent a ton of time with him. And uh, Coach Murph was our offense coordinator, uh-huh. a line coach, and we were all just on the same page. So they trusted me to go and kind of run with it and had an idea of what, you know, I had an idea of what they wanted me to get into, and we just kind of ran. And, man, it was a lot of fun. Those offenses were good times back then. Justin, what were the differences between offenses back then and right now? Was that like a run and shoot, what we used to call, or is it just a wide open spread? I think that was more like the air raid uh, okay. time, of, time of life in football. Uh, West Virginia, Kentucky, you know, we, we studied those a lot. We went to camp at Kentucky before my junior year. When the hefty lefty was down there, yeah. Uh, so you know they they were throwing the ball around, and then Rich Rod there, West Virginia had a lot of uh, spread and you know read option type stuff with the quarterback out of the gun that we kind of incorporated in my senior year. 
Yeah, Hal Mummy was the coach of Kentucky. He had couch uh, yep. as well as the hefty lefty, right? Yes, he did. That's uh, I was I, I liked Kentucky a lot. My mom was from Lexington, so it kind of felt felt normal because I spent a lot of time down there as a kid. But uh, yeah, they were my first offer there that that year. And uh, yeah, I mean Tim Couch just got drafted by the Browns, you know, number one overall, and you know he had thrown for thousands of yards and you know it was an exciting offense at that time Justin when you line up and you look at the defense what play comes to mind you got Devin to the right or to the left what are you running at him uh we're gonna probably hit him with a little uh it's not, it's not a corner it's not a wheel it's, it's kind of just a bend route you know we uh, typically had some fast guys on the outside that we would send deep and then you know, I'm just coming out reading safeties and corners seeing who's jumping where and a lot of times uh, it was just Devin always getting that leverage on the guys coming down the hill towards the sideline. You know, you do a nice, nice little rollout so I can run it if I need to. But, uh, you know, puts that ball, puts that receiver right in front of a quarterback when they're out on the edge like that. What that kid run, a 4-3, 4-3, 4-4, 40? Who, Devin? Heck, yeah. He, oh, he, yeah. Was, he was awesome, man. He, smart, great athlete, smart receiver. I always knew he – we were on the same page. You know, he knew where I wanted him, and he, he, he got there. Well, let's go to the the rivalry game. You played in three of them, I believe. You were three and zero, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. So you never lost to to McKinley, and obviously, big games. You're coming from Orville, and I texted you earlier about this because I wanted to pick your brain because this year's quarterback for Maslin, DeWan Owens, comes from a three and eight Copley team. Very talented. They didn't do much, but he's a hell of an athlete. Hell of a quarterback, and I haven't had a chance to talk to him a lot, but I'm curious if he came there just because of how good Maslin was or he went there because he wanted the challenge of playing against better competition. What was it for you transferring as a state champion in Orville to Maslin? Uh, a mixture of a lot of things. You know, I was fortunate uh, to have a lot of success there at Orville for the couple years I was there, you know, winning a state championship my freshman year. Um, moving, and that was Division Four, right? And then we moved up to Division Three my sophomore year, and got beat by Poland in the state semifinals. Um, so a lot of success, you know. Division Four, Division Three. I'm, you know, I'm thinking to myself, can I keep going up and and still be good? Because, you know, in the end, when it comes down to it, I'm trying to get a scholarship to go play football. Uh, you know, that was always a goal of mine as a youngster. So, you know, when when I got to it, it was the combination of I played at Maslin, so. You know, that was pretty awesome to play and win a state championship there. I knew what the stadium was like, and I knew how cool that was. But, uh, you know, just looking ahead, I, I wanted to, to test myself to see. You know, I didn't want to hear the people when I was getting recruited or this or that saying, well, he played at Oroville. You know, he played at a smaller school. Who was he playing against? I wanted to go and play against the best of the best. And Maslin being right down the road, Division One. you know, how, how they care about their football, kind of similar to Oroville in a way. Oroville's a great football tradition. Um, but, uh, you know, I just knew it was right down the road, Division One. I, I was going to be in some big games. I had been to the McKinley-Maslin game. Uh, one of my junior high coaches was a coach at McKinley for a lot of years, Steve Kovacs. So uh, his daughters and I were close, and I got to go to a couple of their games, the state championship of McKinley. So I, I knew about it. I knew how big the football was there in Stark County, and I just wanted to be a part of it. Well, maybe you should have played for the other team instead of going to Maslin now. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Hey, I don't hey. know. It worked out pretty well for <laughs> Justin, talk about staying focused the week of the McKinley-Maslin game because we know there's a lot of dinners. There's a lot of different things. We know the Booster Club. They're involved all the time. How hard was it to just focus on the game? 
Uh, it, it is tough because there is a lot to do. Uh, you know, I remember being at the Boys and Girls Clubs, just, you know, those different various things that you, you have throughout the week. Um, but it's just yeah, everywhere you go, you're talking about it. I mean, it kind of does help you keep focused on it just because you walk into the school and you say, oh, my gosh, what mm-hmm. happened? You know, my first year walking into Maslin during Maslin McKinley Week, it blew my mind. Uh, the cheerleaders, the spirit squad, I mean, they, they do such a great job of, putting that school together um, in masculine colors and signs. I mean, you guys have been there. I'm sure you've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty spectacular. Um, so that, that everything you see is masculine McKinley. You got to get ready to go. And you know, this is a big one at, you know, Saturday at two o'clock, you better bring your A game. Cause this, this is one of those games, rivalry, hard hitting, you know, it's, it's unlike any any other high school football that I, I think I've seen. I remember watching. I looked it up. Thinking, uh, I, I wanted to see, uh, you know, your numbers uh, when you played uh, specifically against them, right? Uh, 633 yards of total offense in three games and six touchdowns. What do you remember most about your games against McKinley? Uh, well, I remember not wanting to play them again in the playoffs my senior year because it was, it was a close one over at uh, McKinley that year at the end of the season, I think 29-26. And it was one of those just hard-fought games like I was talking about. And we were uh, lucky enough to come out with the win. But when we got teamed up against them again, like, oh, you know, it's hard to beat a good team twice. Everybody knows that. And, uh, you know, I just – I remember not wanting that, but I also remember that game in the playoffs was probably my best McKinley game I had. Um, I think I threw an interception late in the fourth quarter trying to sneak one in. And if I wouldn't have done that, it would probably have been my best game that I had just – overall calling the plays getting the offense in the right spots and you know we had a lot of success in that playoff game when you got so close to winning a state championship um does like for me i i i wasn't in the neighborhood of how good you were at football when i played basketball but losses stuck with me and there are certain ones that still stick with me to this day um, the fact that Maslin has never won a state championship in the playoff era. You guys were so close. Uh, uh, state semifinals, you lose to St. Ignatius. D- does that, do you still th- think about that game? And uh, d- do you wish you could go back? And what plays would you make different and things like that? Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I have never liked St. Ignatius to this day. Um, <laughs> you like them this year, they're 1-8. and eight. <laughs> I got, I'm holding grudges as a 40-year-old, Kenny. I can't help myself. Uh, you know, I was 3-0 against McKinley, but I was 0-3 against, Igna- against Ignatius. So that, that's one. You know, they came to our place my junior year in a shootout. We went up there um, in, in 2001 right after 9-11. It was kind of a crazy deal. But uh, then we, we got smoked by them in the, in the semifinals. So uh, you definitely look back on those. Uh, Marion Harding game my junior year in the playoffs. You remember the whole melee that happened there with the refs and the fans. <laughs> you remember some of those things that yeah. didn't go your way. But, uh, yeah, the McKinley 3-0 against that, very proud of it. And, you know, it's always something I'll be fond of. Justin Zwick is our guest right now, former fantastic quarterback at Maslin. We saw a lot of your records go down to that kid that just got done playing baseball at Kent State. But you know what? That's a good thing because now he's a professional baseball player. And we're talking about Aiden Longwell. And, you know, what that brings to mind is this, Justin. And it's not that much unlike Ohio State because when I go down there and we host the tailgate parties, and I've been doing that for the better part of the last 20 years, the one thing that I see is, Former Buckeye players are like celebrities, man. They're still as popular today as they were back then. When you go back to Maslin, is it similar? Uh, yeah, 
In a, in a way, you know, I had a lot of, I mean, maybe not now. I've been out for so long, but, you know, going back, seeing a bunch of teachers that, you know, I hadn't seen in a while, just the fans, because everybody's so passionate and they yep. love that football team. So it, it is fun. I took my wife up to a Madison McKinley game, her first one, probably five years ago, and she was, it was, she was blown away. It went as good as it could have. Great weather, tailgating, um, Maslin won. You know, every, everything good could have happened did, and she, she was amazed at uh, just the support and how many people were coming up to me and remembering me from, from back in the day. A little bit later on this afternoon, we're going to remember the late, great actor, Burt Young, who was Paulie in the Rocky movies. What goes through your mind when you hear that damn Eye of the Tiger song? <laughs> uh, Warm-ups for, for the game, I remember. <laughs> I can't stand that song. <laughs> oh, I love it. Rocky Four too. Isn't that the montage in Rocky Four? The one out of Tiger, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You love that song if you're a Tiger fan. You hate it if you're a Bulldog fan. So uh, this week's game going to be a Tom Benson Hall of Fame stadium. And, uh, Justin, I've been at HBC now going on 10 years. I think this is Nate's best team offensively, defensively, Special teams, the quarterback who's a dual threat, and they also have a backup in case somebody gets hurt. That hurt them when their running back got hurt a few years ago. What would it mean to the Maslin community, Maslin former players, current players, if they're finally able to get over that hump of winning a state championship, not in the mythical era, but on the field in the playoffs? Well, it would it would mean a lot. Uh, it just get that it'd get that monkey off our back, right? Because that's always everybody's dig at us is, well, you've never won one in the playoffs here. Uh, you know, you can have all those mythical ones that you want, but uh, so that, it'd be huge. I mean, that community, gosh, they just continue to support and continue to be around these teams and, uh, you know, to have, I mean, I couldn't imagine what it would look like. I, I seen the parade for the Mass McKinley game. If they go win a title, I can't imagine what that town oh, is going to be like. Unreal. Even those playoff games, when you come back down through the city and it's shut down and the buses are going through the people, Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to drive up to that one if it happens, that's for sure. I have a problem with the term mythical champion. Someone had to be dubbed champions. We did it yep. in college football for decades. Yep. If yeah, you exactly. win and you you win the games, I guarantee you Warren Harding doesn't care that they were named champions before there was a playoff system. I know for a fact Kent McKinley doesn't mind, but they do know that they also won it through the uh, playoff system, and it's yep. just a matter of time. And like Kenny, I believe this has got to be the year for the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, they, everything I've been watching and seeing, it looks like that, man. They uh, have a tough team and going up against some good co- quality competition and, and, you know, in St. Ed's and this the rest of the schedule that they have. So, you know, it seems like it always comes down to that Hoban, that Hoban team that they have to get through here in Division Two now, but we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, and how about this? McKinley hosts Maslin on Saturday, and Hoban plays St. Ed's this weekend as well. All right, and Jeez, Maslin already beat St. Yeah, I mean, think about those two games right mm-hmm. there in Week Ten. This isn't even the playoffs yet, right? Um, and you're right. That's the. I, I think this past year, Justin Justin Zwick is our guest. Um, Hoban beat Maslin to end their season in football, baseball, and basketball this past season, right? That's <laughs> uh, amazing. Yeah, it, it really is when you think about it. So if you talk about a chip on your shoulder, revenge factor. Now Maslin has beaten Hoban once before. Right, they knocked them off ten seven one year in the playoffs, but Hoban's had the better uh, you know record against them for whatever reason, uh, especially deeper into the playoffs. When you, 
I don't know what type of a relationship you have with any of the coaches up there right now, but what what do you hear about Nate Moore and why he's been successful there and so close? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys I knew uh, have kind of moved into their uh, you know principal roles and whatnot, so they're not on the field as much anymore. But uh, you know they were there with him early on, and you know I know he was just a non a nonsense guy who, who ran his program the way he wanted to be done, and. You know, he's had success everywhere he's been, I feel like. I remember calling a game of his when he was down in Cincinnati mm-hmm. uh, and they yep. were winning state championships. So, um, you know, he – or maybe not winning, but they were in the state championship game. I can't remember all the way back then. But uh, yeah, I, I know he's running that program well. And, you know, I, I like to see that they're a little more balanced this year. I feel like he likes to uh, definitely lean on the run game. Uh, but to have a quarterback, I mean, I think they threw the ball, what, 37 times here in the last couple of weeks or something like that. Um, right. So – you know, you, you love to see that, and maybe he's just opening up. He's trusting those guys a little more to go out and make those plays for him. But uh, it, it would be exciting to see if they could, you know, get this win Saturday because, you know, that's a big one, and then we worry about the playoffs after that. Justin, when a rivalry game like this is so one-sided, you've seen it from both ends, Ohio State-Michigan, McKinley-Maslin, when it's so one-sided and you've got to prepare for that team and that opponent, does it change you? Does it Does it make you work any less harder? <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't. Because on the flip side of that is you have a good year and they don't, and then you go out and lose to them that year. You know, that's that's yeah. the embarrassment of that side. Uh, so it actually probably makes you go a little bit harder because, you know, we should go out and take care of business. We should go out and do this. It's a rivalry game. It's not. They're not going to lay over for us. we got to make sure we're on top of our game because they have nothing to lose in those types of situations. 04 with Ohio mm-hmm. State, Michigan, we had that. They should have smoked us. They came to Columbus. Troy went off. We had a great game, and, you know, we ended up stunning them, you know, and we were a 7-4 football team. So, you definitely – you got to take that serious in any of these types mm-hmm. of games, and, you know, I'm sure coaches are, uh, you know, impressing upon that. It's not the only big game this Saturday. You've got the Buckeyes and the Nittany Lions this Saturday. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this game? I, I think it's going to be another one of those Notre Dame games. I, I think both teams are solid. Um, you know, is, is Ohio State's offensive line able to figure anything out? You know, maybe a little confidence after that Purdue game. We'll see. I think that's going to be a big part of this. Penn State's defense is legit. They don't give up a lot. You know, a lot of big plays. Uh, They got some rush ins that are getting after the quarterback this year, and that could cause a problem for us. And then on the offensive, you know, on our defensive side of the ball, can we stop them from running it? I think they're averaging about 200 yards on the ground there per game. So, you know, are we are we going to be able to get? get the horses in the middle to shut that down and make them become one-dimensional and throw the ball. They they aren't that explosive through the air. So, you know, it's going to be a cat-and-mouse game with these uh, coordinators trying to figure out how to slow the others down. How do you handle not the pressure of a, an edge rusher coming at you, um, Justin, but how do you handle the pressure of being the quarterback at Maslin and you play in the uh, Maslin-McKinley game, the pressure of being – uh, the quarterback at the Ohio State, and you're starting in a bowl game or against the Michigan. How were you able to to handle that? And what what do you think of Kyle McCord and the way he's handling things now? I think quarterback is is one of those things you just kind of grow up doing. You know, I always wanted to be a quarterback. I always wanted the ball in my hand. I you know I always wanted to be directing the guys. You know, even at a young age, and that was probably because my brother was a quarterback. I wanted to be like him back then. You know, so. But you just become used to it. And, you know that is the game. You get the blame, you get the glory. You you know you know it, but you at least can you know, control a lot of it. Uh, I, I think you know in those big games, it just just becomes second nature to you. Uh, Kyle McCord, ice in his veins. 
in Notre Dame. I mean, how many third and fourth downs did he sit in that pocket, deliver a ball, and pick up a you know a big play? Third and nineteen at the end of the at the end of the game. At that point in time, every Ohio State fan had their hands in their you know their, their hands in on their face, knowing that this wasn't going to be good, and he delivers. Uh, you know, I think he's done wonderful. They don't really have a run game. Their offensive line hasn't been great, but he's stuck in there and he's made plays when he's had to. Hasn't been beautiful, but he's doing pretty good. And uh, you know, I, I think he's going to be when it's all said and done. We can protect him and keep him upright. Uh, he's going to be a good one for Ohio State. Justin, this is interesting because I was trying to explain this to Kenny, but I never played quarterback either. But I did know that a lot of times quarterback gets changed the signal. Maybe it's an audible. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a snap count. And we see sometimes a defender maybe try to get a jump on that, like Miles Garrett sometimes jumps off sides because you guys never change the snap count. I want to ask you about sign stealing because of the allegations mm-hmm. with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. As a quarterback, and you see these signs on the sideline or whatever it is, are they stealing verbal signs, or are they trying to steal the picture of Ben Affleck on the sideline, and we know that it's going to be an option? How does this work? Yeah, so we we never got into those signs. I don't know how those signs actually work, because you have like four different pictures yep. on each one, right, or yep. something along those lines. Uh, you know, I, I'm when I think about stealing signals, it's more of the – do we have hands? When we were, when I was at Ohio State, we hand signaled everything mm-hmm. in. Tress told us to play. We signaled it. I went to a game the year after I played, and I called every play. Really? I, they, they didn't change. They didn't change them up. And I'm just sitting in the stands, and I know, I know them. I'm wow. telling people, all right, this is what's going to happen here. You know, so it's it's evolved from that. I don't think there's many teams out there who have one quarterback signing in the plays anymore. You have three or four guys in blue and green shirts. Mm-hmm signs everywhere everybody's doing different hand signals i don't know how you get a jump on that the way it is nowadays maybe they're thinking of the hand signals from the quarterback out on the field audible giving his receivers a you know a different play or you know a different route to maybe run but a lot of times quarterbacks do that just to mess with the defense so it's like i i don't i don't know how you could have somebody in the stands figuring this stuff out unless they knew the calls or knew the terminology of the you know, uh, of the uh, signals, you know, how they're trying to get that across to him. So it's, it's an interesting thing. There must, there's enough smoke to uh, have an investigation about it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And there are things on the internet that, that uh, Harbaugh was involved with it allegedly. And then Ryan Day hired her private investigator. Uh, I think he hired Columbo, <laughs> you know, right. So I'll we don't know. Conspiracy theory. Right. So we're, we're going to find out in the coming weeks. So, you know, we'll see. And uh, Harbaugh's already been suspended for three games this year for recruiting violations. So uh, it, you never know, uh, you know, what the truth really is or where it lies. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, that investigation uh, goes into further detail here in the coming weeks. Justin Zwick is our guest. Love having him on because you talk about somebody who's been in the middle of everything, right? Quarterback at Maslin. Uh, against McKinley, three and zero quarterback at the Ohio. What were you four and one against Michigan when you were there? Yeah, our, our teams were four and one against Michigan. Yeah, we lost an O three up there in Ann Arbor. Yeah, so seven and one in two of the greatest. Do you realize how lucky you are? Has that ever sunk in? Do you ever sit back and think about? I'm seven and one, and I got to participate uh, in both of the greatest rivalries in high school football and in college football. Yeah, you know, it, it it may, it still doesn't really. Um, you know, maybe even the high school ones more than not because I was a spectator on the other. So, you know, just being in there and, and doing that. But, uh, yeah, as you get older, you do start to appreciate things a little bit more. And, you know, I may not be there just yet, but I'm sure it's coming down the pipe for me. <laughs> 
Yeah, it uh, to me, uh, and I'm older than you, right? Got you by 20 years to to think that uh, you were involved in whatever way, shape, or form in both of those, right? Yeah. Uh, and having the success of, that your teams had at seven and one uh, is pretty impressive. So don't don't sell yourself short on that. Yeah. Uh, that's something <laughs> you should uh, uh, you know uh, enjoy. And uh, I don't know if you pop champagne like the Miami Dolphins do. Uh, you know, every time Maslin uh, beats McKinley or uh, uh, Ohio State beats Michigan, but uh, enjoy it when it does happen. All right, Justin. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, boys. Hey, always great to catch up with you, my friend. Uh, uh, continue hitting them straight down the fairway while the weather allows you to, and good luck as a dad, too. All right, thanks, Kenny. Thanks, JT. We'll see you. Varsity Club, Saturday morning. We'll see you there.